The Today's Homeowner Radio Podcast is brought to you by The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Welcome to Today's Homeowner with Danny Lipford, your partner in home improvement. Everyone has questions about their home. We've got the answers, and we have a few laughs along the way. Informative, entertaining, and sometimes off the wall. Home improvement has never been this much fun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Today's Homeowner Radio Show. Danny Lipford here, along with my buddy Joe Truini, and we're ready again this week to have a lot of fun and share with you a lot of information that you can use at your house. We may even have a little extra fun today because Joe's in town, in the booth, and we get to do this a couple times a year, and uh, glad to have you in town, Joe. Oh, thanks. I love coming down the Mobile. I spent the last two days shooting a whole new, fresh batch of Simple Solutions which will be airing very soon on the TV show and, of course, on the radio eventually. So, um, yeah, it's great to be in town. Last week, uh, if you listened to the radio show, uh, Danny was on vacation. He and his lovely wife, Sharon, you were celebrating your 40th wedding oh, anniversary yeah. that was a in good, good Aruba, time. right? Absolutely. How, how was your trip down? Uh, it was It was great. Everything was good. A uh, nice little all-inclusive resort down there, which my wife like, likes that. So I came back tan, rested, right. relaxed, uh-huh. slim and tri- well, let's see, not slim and trim. No, let, me leave, let me leave that one off. It wasn't all inclusive. Uh, so I got a little work to do there with, a, a, you know, bread and water for the next six weeks. When they say all weeks. inclusive, doesn't mean you have to eat all the food I, that's included. I, I know, you know. You um, can leave some of it for the other in, guests. In the old days, I always felt like I had to get my money's worth. You know, it's like being on a cruise. <laughs> everything was very much like a cruise. Right. Uh, but it was, everything was really nice. The weather was great. And, of course, celebrating 40 years uh, shows uh, just how patient I am. How patient you are. Yeah. See, yeah, yeah. What I mean? yeah, yeah. How how patient one of us how, are. How, your saintly wife, how patient she is. <laughs> and I know all about that because Marla and I, my wife and I, will be celebrating our 40th wedding anniversary later this year. So, um, yeah, so congratulations and welcome back. Chelsea and I had a lot of fun on the radio last week. And she's a very capable co-host, so anytime you want to run out of town, go right ahead. Well, that, that kind of gives me a little more freedom there. Yeah, there I might I might uh, skip out every now and then. Of course, Chelsea the might be thinking, like, wait a minute, why are you going out of town without me? <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. We do have a trip coming up, a whole big family trip that we take once a once a year. Oh, and uh, that's coming up uh, before too long. So looking. Well, welcome looking, back, Dan. It's great well, to have you. you. Thank you. We appreciate that. Uh, hey, coming up during this hour of today's Homeowner Radio, we're going to be talking about refinishing stained concrete. Not easy, but we have a couple different ways that might make that a little more do-it-yourself friendly. Also, I want to tell you about this awesome new grill. Um, you know, these pellet grills have really been popular over the last four, yeah, right. few years, but technology is getting involved, which m- makes us grill masters even <laughs> smarter and really? better at okay. our at our work. So I'll tell you all about that. Also, we'll be uh, getting in the aisles of the Home Depot and uh, see, what, see our friend Danny Watson on a few things that he's going to share with us, and it is right spring is right around the corner right. so where we got a, a boy I'll tell you Joe all of the emails and the different calls we've been getting you can tell people have uh, got spring on their mind a little bit so what a perfect time to share with everybody our spring edition of our four seasons of home ownership will be coming up in just a little bit speaking of coming up what about that simple solution well talking about spring one of the jobs often you do in the spring and as uh, the weather gets warmer is trim tree branches that have been damaged over the winter. So I've got a tip on how to do that. 
using a reciprocating saw. Oh, perfect. All right, that sounds good. Joe, I, I've told you before how I feel like I've kind of, every time I go fishing, I feel like I'm cheating on you, you know? I just <laughs> I feel the same way. <laughs> I saw that wahoo that you caught. That was amazing. Yeah, I, um, I, I said, I shouldn't do this. I should, yes, I should. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you hesitate for it. You felt bad for about yeah, a half a second. Yeah, half a second. Yeah, Danny uh, texted me a photograph from Aruba last week, uh, and just a few days ago, actually, we went out fishing, and you caught, what was That was like a four-foot wahoo Yeah, it was. It, it was good, but it was strange. I mean, you know, we were out there touring, I mean, um, you know, trolling around. Right. And uh, you know how it is on a lot of those islands. You know, you don't have to go far. That's right. I mean, we, we, we weren't even in the boat 10 minutes, and I just asked the captain, you know, you know, you know, approximately how deep are we? He says, oh, we're at 680 feet. Wow. And I mean, and the shore, like I could throw a rock just yeah. almost and hit, hit the shore. Yeah. So uh, that, that, that's nice because you don't have to go so far to catch fish. And right. we're trolling around there. But the, the funny thing about it, what it was caught on, is, and I don't even know what you, it, it's like a, a hand line that they, it, it goes out of the back. They had the right. rods out and the outriggers out and all yeah. that kind of thing. But uh, there was a, um, a piece of rope just an old ratty nylon rope right. that uh, ran out about 30 feet. And then it had um, a pretty, you know, probably 40-pound test. <clears throat> and every two feet, there was a weight, a lead weight. Right. So when you, when, um, you know, and, and the captain from up top could tell that uh, there was a fish on there. Mm -hmm. So they said, here. Start pulling it in. Now think about just this. pulling in the rope. Pulling in. Well, first you pull in the rope for right. about thirty feet, and then you get to just regular monofilament line, bare hands, right. and a four foot wahoo on the end. So I'm, I'm, he says, pull, senor, pull. So, so, <laughs> senor so, Danny, pull. so I'm, I'm pulling, 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 and all of a sudden the weight's end. Right. And and then he says. Now, um, uh, grab, you know, grab a hold, you know, and I'm going, what? And so I'm sitting there expecting, you know, at least two of my fingers to be sliced completely off. And so I'm pulling, 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 and uh, just barely, I was just about, you know, slipping. I couldn't yeah, hardly keep yeah. it going. And then, boop, he, he gaffed the, um, oh. the fish, and all of a sudden, it's it's inside uh, the boat. So uh, Whoa. it was a real, it was weird. It wasn't like a, you know, you know how it's you like have Robinson the. Robinson Caruso It's kind of like, you know, the fight on the, on yeah. the rod, and it's running around. Right, it the line's going little, out, the line's coming in. Anti Anticlimactic in 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 doing this, but we still got a fish. We caught one other one. I mean, it was yeah. wasn't a great trip. You know, fishing, fishing is trip. fishing. You yeah, never know. Right. But uh, but but it's always as you and I always talk about. Great to get out there and yeah. have some fun. And You're on a boat off the coast of Aruba. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, not, it's, not, yeah, it's, it's not. It's not. It's not. We're too not going to hold a benefit for you. <laughs> there you go. Hey, I, I did. Uh, um, you know, I'm always looking at things, different types of construction, and of course, right. almost yeah. everything is concrete down there. And you would think about, um, you know, with concrete on the islands, and so often the reason for that, of course, are um, the hurricanes. Right. Well, this yep. happens to be kind of an area that really doesn't get hit by hurricanes. Look, it's just. Barely north of South America, yeah, right? Yeah, right, right. Actually, only 18 miles, oh, 19 close. miles from Venezuela. Okay, yeah. So it's way down there. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, the hurricanes uh, form kind of in, you know, in that neck of the woods, so they're not that strong. Uh, so they really don't have that much of a problem. But occasionally they have some pretty strong, um, you know, storms that'll, that'll you can tell some of the water that moves up onto the island and that kind of thing. But great, great uh, country, great group of people. Um, I'm not very good at speaking Dutch. I'm still oh. not... They're speaking Dutch. Yeah, somewhere? so I'm oh, still not 
uh, yeah. able to to speak that. But um, but there's lots of nationalities. I think there's 70 nationalities oh, represented wow. within the islands. It's only 70 square miles and um, has 106,000 people on it. Well, the big question is, did, did you get a chance to relax? Because once you get hit the ground back in Mobile, it's like... Yeah, yeah, there's no the relaxing right, starts, right yeah. now. A little bit. You know, you know me, I can't sit still. I almost go crazy, but... Uh, so, As he's yeah. telling me this, his foot is bouncing, yeah, his knee is bouncing <laughs> up and down. He can't even sit still to tell me he had a time, a good time relaxing. I know, but... I need some medicine or something okay. to calm me down. Well, Danny's going to go run around the office for a few minutes. We'll be right back. <laughs> but anyway, we've got a lot to share with you on this week's show, and uh, certainly uh, so glad that you were able to, uh, that uh, you're with us right now and spending some of your busy weekend with us, and we want to hear from you. So first of all, you can pick up the phone 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and contact us on the Today's Homeowner Hotline. That number, 800-946-4420. You can also send us emails. We appreciate all those great emails we got this week. We really have some pretty interesting questions. We're going to tackle as many of those as we can. If you have a question, a comment, or maybe you have a tip that has worked really well for you in and around your house on doing a few things, share it with us so that we can share it with the Today's Homeowner community all over the country. You can do that by going to todayshomeowner.com slash Ask. And also remind you about our newsletter. The Today's Homeowner newsletter is available right now. And again, todayshomeowner.com slash newsletter. To we have over 150,000 subscribers That's right, right. To yeah, the opt, newsletter. Opt, yeah. Everybody that has opt in and signed up for it. And, uh, you know, we don't do any of the spamming and we don't take right. your yeah. addresses and sell them out all over the place, which really aggravates me a lot. Uh, uh, you know, it um, does happen. Yeah. You know, you know, when you sign up as a as media with a member of the press at these trade shows. Oh, man. They take those things. So the next trade show I go to, I'm going to make up. I'm going to make up an email address, okay. you know, that, that a legitimate email address, but one that's new. Right. And that's the one I'm going to share at that particular. I have, just, I have one of those email addresses. Is that right? Yeah. J- just yeah. as a little uh, test. Yep. I never see. go to it. People are always sending stuff to yeah. it. That I'm not J- just to see in. how far people go with, with those kind of things. So it's, uh, it's a little bit intrusive there. It seems to be getting worse and worse. But, but not on today's Homeowner Radio and not if you give us a call or leave us an email. We're going to make sure that um, we uh, guard that information carefully. Hey, we're just getting started here on today's Homeowner Radio. So glad you're with us. Danny Lipford here along with my buddy Joe Truini. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You're listening to today's Homeowner Radio. Today's Homeowner is brought to you by The Home Depot. How doers get more done. You know, Joe and I are so proud of the wonderful radio stations all across this great country that carry the Today's Homeowner Radio Show each and every week. Over 350 growing all the time. And we want to say a special hello to KWOC 93.3 FM and 930 AM in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. Hello to everybody there. We get a lot of calls, a lot of texts from Missouri. We appreciate that. And if we can help you with anything, you know what to do. Pick up the phone and call us 800-946-4420. Send us an email anytime by going to todayshomeowner.com slash ask. Right now we're going to check in with Glenn. Glenn has a little uh, concrete issue. Glenn, welcome to the show and tell us what's going on on that patio of yours. Yes, my wife and I purchased our home about five years ago from another family, and they had remodeled the house about three years earlier and added a beautiful outside patio. It's about 1,100 square feet total 
of surface area and about 700 square feet of that is a stained concrete surface. And in the middle of the area is a gazebo that covers about a 400 square foot brick pad and it matches the brick railing around the patio. It's very, very nicely done. The three problems that I'm, I'm kind of uh, having with it is the entire surface is fairly flat. So rain and dew tends to stay in spots, causing dark areas fairly quickly, and that requires cleaning often, uh, usually pressure washing. And the second problem is the brick in the middle is probably even worse. It holds water even worse. The mortar and brick uh, tend to chip from freezing in the wintertime when it gets wet. And also it holds water and it, it turns really black and I have to pressure wash that also. And then the third problem is the concrete that's uh, stained uh, become, has become very faded and a lot of wear and tear and a few cracks, but I'm not too worried about the cracks. So I want to give the whole thing a, a facelift, but I don't really know exactly what to do because I'm pretty sure I only have one chance to do it right. Yeah, that's that's kind of true. Um, there's a couple different ways to approach it. First of all, um, we're looking at this nice color picture of your back patio. Yeah, it's a beautiful. Joe, patio. is this a country club? I think it's a country club right here. Uh, Glenn, this really looks cool. Well, if it is, Glenn would not allow us anywhere near the. Property. I know that's right. No, it's uh, this has seemed like it's very well built, and 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 I understand the problems uh, that you're having with it. But here's a couple things to think about. You know, when you're talking about removing an existing finish, you generally are doing that either with chemicals or some type of mechanical sander, or sometimes you have to use both. Here's what I would do. I would go to a paint store, and I would buy some xylene. Just get a, just the a smallest container that you can get. Do read the instructions on it. This is a very powerful, strong, caustic chemical, um, so be extremely careful and use all of the um, safety precautions that they recommend um, by the manufacturer. But I would go off to the corner of the concrete, the stained concrete, somewhere that, you know, off to the side. And I would put a little um, of the xylene on there, about a one foot by one foot area. Let it work a little bit. It may react to it immediately and then take some uh, water and, you know, sponge and whatever. Of course, you're wearing rubber gloves and such and and see how well it lifts the, the sealer that's on top of the concrete slab. That may end up, by seeing how that reacts, may end up being the absolute best way to strip all of the sealer off. Because that's what you're going to have to do before you can make it look any better is to get that top coat of sealer off. Um, now, assuming that that does lift it off pretty well, then you can use it for the rest of the finish to go ahead and get all of that off. And you're basically opening up the pores of that concrete to accept what you will do to it next. So let's assume that works well and you get it off of there. I would still suspect you would want uh, to do a little bit of orbital sanding. And you can do that by renting one of the floor sanders, um, not like a big belt sander that they use to refinish hardwood floor, but the more of the polishing type. And then you can get, well, what would you say on that? Would you would you, would you you use the uh, spongy kind of... Um, I think I'd use like the Scotch-Brite pad. Scotch-Brite pad. That's what yeah, I'm trying it's to like say. a scouring pad, Glenn, that they can put on the bottom of this random orbit sander. It's very 
easy to use because, like Danny said, it's not a drum sander. It's going to grind off or run out of your hands. And, and that kind of allows you to, um, you know, um, not only get rid of all of the sealer and kind of do a little polishing on it, it may actually smooth the surface a pretty good, pretty good bit so that then you can reapply a concrete stain, if you wish, to, to make it more consistent. But you may also like the look of what it looks like after you've done the xylene cleaning on it because uh, it, it's not going to get, I, I suspect, the stain is down deeper than what you'll be going. So it still will have color, but it's kind of taken away some of that ugly on top. And it may be suitable for you to clean, and um, you'll want to make sure you clean that xylene off of there very, very well. And you may be um, ready to put a clear sealer on it or a transparent type of uh, concrete stain um, before you recoat a uh, exterior type of sealer on top of that. And the same way on the bricks, I would I would use that same type of orbital sander on the bricks itself to kind of smooth things out a little bit. We've done that on the old Chicago bricks quite a bit. And again, then use the same type of sealer over the entire area. But but Joe, if the xylene doesn't cut it, then it's time. It's really going to be time for a good bit of sanding. Yeah, Glenn, the reason we usually recommend xylene, it's the very best product to remove a sealer. Because often people don't remove a sealer from a masonry surface, then they don't understand why they can't put on a new finish, a new stain or whatever. It's because, of course, it can't soak in. So that's the reason you use the xylene. And and there are lots of different um, concrete stains, masonry stains available. Just buy the very best one you can afford. I know one that Rustolium makes called Rock Solid. That it's a concrete stain and sealer, and that that's gotten really good reviews. And it comes in twenty colors, so you can probably find something, and you can know something that you like. And you you're never going to be able to stain this lighter, I suspect. But you can stain it the same color, or maybe a little darker. But you know, it's almost impossible to make it lighter. And as far as the you know the main problem seems to be the fact that it. It's level, it doesn't, it's not pitched, and it's holding moisture. Unfortunately, there's nothing you do about that. It's just going to require a lot of cleaning and cleaning regularly. Okay. You know, and because it's not pitched, water's going to continue to sit on it, so the best thing to do is just seal it as well as you can, and then with regular cleaning, you know, hopefully you'll keep the, uh, the staining from the mold or mildew or whatever um, at bay as much as and, and, and also with the sealer, the water's not getting down into the pores of that masonry, whether it's the brick or the concrete. So it's going to help, um, you know, keep that mold and mildew away a good bit since it's just not creating the environment for it. But, uh, uh hopefully, uh, Glenn, that, uh, xylene will, will be the magic potion that'll make it all a lot easier for you. I will give it a try. Thank you very much. All right. Well, again, beautiful backyard, make it look a little bit nicer and you'll have a heck of a summer. Thanks so much for being with us, Glenn. Yes, sir. Bye-bye. It's nice to answer a concrete question where the problem is that it's all cracking and yeah, falling I know, apart. Yeah, I know. Yeah. We, we usually do have a few cracking issues out there that are fairly easy to repair but a little intimidating when you see it. Hey, let's get us a quick email in here. Okay. You can send us one right now at todayshomeowner.com slash ask. Jesse in Arkansas said, what is the easiest way to install floating shelves? Well, first of all, I would go to todayshomeowner.com and put in floating shelves. You'll see several videos with a couple different techniques that we used to install some floating shelves. And, I, you know, they're real popular. I think they've always been popular, sure, but yeah. I kind of like them. I like the, yeah. the the cool little, uh, it's like it's levitating right on, <laughs> right on, right on the wall. And, and what That's we've why done, they call them floating shelves, right? <laughs> exactly. What we've done before is, um, you know, use like a half inch or three quarter inch dowel rod. Right. And, you know, wood dowel and you, you know, make sure that you have it lined up where the studs are. And then you got to do some careful, precise drilling 
Uh, make sure you break out the tight bond glue to use to hold everything together. But uh, it's fairly simple there. And, of course, you have what's called the French cleat that a lot of people yep. use. But um, they, they really are um, a, a very attractive way. You can't put a lot of weight on them unless you really get heavy duty with some steel rods or threaded all rod or yep, something yep. like that. But uh, cer- certainly a, a popular decorating theme right now. Yeah, and if you are going to be putting some heavier items on this shelf, um, they do make hardware, steel hardware that you can screw to the studs. If you go to, I think it's called Ultra Shelf, U-L-T-R-A, ultrashelf.com, oh. they make these special welded brackets that you screw in place and slip the shelf right over it. And I would always remind you, a lot of the uh, answers to your questions you can find at todayshomeowner.com. Hey, when we come back, I'm going to tell you about an awesome wood pellet grill that's just raised the level of technology and how we can make those steaks taste even better at your home. All of that and a whole lot more coming up here on Today's Homeowner Radio. Today's homeowner is brought to you by Deitch Coatings. Easily roll on your new stone countertop, garage floor, and more in just a weekend with Deitch. And welcome back to the Today's Homeowner Radio Show, where it's time for our best new product segment brought to you by The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Now, if you love cooking outside, you know the frustrations of having to move back inside for one or more of the steps in that process. So Traeger had you in mind when they developed their new Timberline XL wood pellet grill. With six-in-one versatility, it lets you, listen to this now, grill, smoke, bake, roast, braise, and barbecue all in one location. You'll never have to go back into your kitchen ever. I, I know. Like. I'm not even sure how to do some of those things. I'll have to look that up. <laughs> a fully insulated, it's a three-in-one for Danny. <laughs> fully insulated construction of the pellet-fired main space gives precise cooking control in all kinds of weather with oven-like controls that let you set it and forget it. Remote monitoring and control is a snap with Wi-Fi technology and an induction cooktop cook, uh, cooktop on the side. It's ideal for frying, simmering, and searing while an internal cook light keeps you going well after dark. Plus, cleanup is easy because grease and ash are collected in one convenient keg. There's even a downdraft system to keep fresh smoke flowing over the food. Wow. You'll have to see this one. Again, it's called the Traeger Timberline XL Wood Pellet Grill, and you can find it right now by logging on to Home Depot. Dot com. Pretty interesting amazing. how they yeah. keep raising the bar and raising the bar on that. Hey, let's get right back to today's homeowner hotline. We'd love to get a call from you at 800-946-4420. Trish is on the line right now from beautiful Colorado. Trish, how are you doing? And uh, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. I'm doing great. Good, good, good. Well, we know it gets cold there. I've been there many, many times. Always love uh, going to Colorado, but uh, sometimes that cold can uh, kind of bother you a little bit. Tell us about what kind of problems you're having there in your condo. Um, I have a couple things going on, Um, a bedroom wall and also uh, the stairwell going down to my garage and finished basement. I live on the second floor, and the wall... uh, particularly in the stairwell going, going to the garage, it's extremely cold. Um, I have actually hung a furniture blanket on that one wall in hopes of it helping. Um, it doesn't help a lot, but that's my attempt at it. Well, the thing, the thing about it, it's, um, of course, the first thing you think about is insulation, but you would certainly assume that there is insulation in that wall. And where you have the packing blanket, now, that's not a window there. That's just the wall. Is that correct? 
is the inside wall going on the stairwell. I got you. Okay. Anything that you put on that wall uh, for, you know, that you can insulate, it's a little more difficult to insulate from the inside of a home than from the outside, but certainly with a condo um, scenario, I would assume that you can't do anything to the outside. On the inside, um, Joe, one of the things I think about, of course, you know, you couldn't put anything on there that would be really thick because right. that would create problems with the door and trim and, you know, just a losing space inside the house, you know, you know, to build a secondary wall or something along those lines. Of course, installing a piece of quarter-inch drywall over the existing drywall will provide one more barrier against that cold. And by all means, that door, you need to make sure that the weather stripping is, is really good shape, that there's no gaps on the threshold underneath, the door's adjusted well, you really need to go overboard in making sure that's tight. But Joe, what do you think about um, something like introducing um, something even like cork, maybe? Yeah. They, yeah, this is this is a tough problem, Trish, because as Danny started off saying, you know, to attack this problem from the inside is really difficult because, of course, the inside surface is already cold. It should have been done from the outside or from between the right. walls. And because mm-hmm. this is, you know, the stairwell and where that door is is un- attached to the garage, and the garage, of course, is unheated, you know, that's going to be a cold wall no matter what. And that's assuming they pumped in as much insulation as possible, and I'm not sure they did. But, yeah, the door has to be sealed really well. If you're trying to do something from the inside, cork is a great insulator. They make panels of cork that you can apply to the wall. How effective it would be in extreme cold like this, I'm not really sure. So, I mean, other than that, I'm not really sure what else you can do other than open up this wall and replace whatever insulation is there with better insulation. Um, You can maybe, you know, I'd hate to suggest building a wall on the other side and then spraying foam and sealing it up with drywall, like essentially building another (laughs) wall, but that would be in your garage taking up more space. That's why it's a hard problem to solve from the inside because you don't have many options. Um, Do you know if that's a two-by-four wall or a two-by-six wall that's coming up through the stairwell? I really don't. I don't have any specs on, you know, when it was built. It's a, it was built in 86, I think. And the interesting part is that I, I can't heat that stairwell because, it, um, as I think I explained, I have a finished basement, believe it or not. And so that's another set of 14 steps all the way down from the garage level. So I don't heat that. But going up and down those stairs to go to the basement for things, you have to put a coat on, a hat on. It's 40 wow. degrees. Is, 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 there a, is there a door on the top of the staircase going down into the basement, I assume? Like there isn't going into the garage, you have them going down into the basement? Right. I go down um, two sets of stairs to the garage, and then I go another two sets of stairs to but the basement. But there's a door. There's a door at the top of the stairs going into the basement to stop Correct. the yeah, cold air. And, and it seems to be a firewall right. door. Yeah, it's, a, it's, yeah, it's a fire door. Because I can't feel the, I don't feel the cold on that door, so, which which is the case for the door that goes to the garage. That, that door itself does not get cold, but the walls. Yeah, that's a fire door like mm-hmm. code. It's a steel door because the garage is attached and, to and the And the ceiling in the, or the roof in the garage is like 15 feet high, so there's all that Heat. What little heat, what little heat you have is going is getting trapped against the ceiling, not helping you fifteen feet below on the exactly. floor. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes we get calls and questions that, unfortunately, Danny and I don't have a really good answer for, and, and we're certainly not going to make make something up. And um, other than adding heat somehow to that space, there's really not much else you could do. Can I can I ask you a question? Sure. If if I were to use sheathing on the walls in the bedroom around a fireplace 
chimney that comes up from the unit below mine. Right. Is, is that safe um, as if someone were to burn a fire in their fireplace down below me? Yeah, no, it would be fine. You're not removing anything that's there now, and that's, we're assuming, is code compliant with a fireplace uh, chimney coming up through it. So adding anything to that on the outside in your space would not affect that at all, as long as you, long as you don't compromise what's there now. Well, okay. Trish, sorry, sorry we couldn't give you a, a real simple uh, magic potion for that one, but uh, it, it is a challenge. But I would really check that door and make sure that it is it is uh, very good and tight and make sure you caulk around any area where uh, that air could be uh, sneaking in there and stealing those energy dollars. And uh, hopefully uh, we've been able to share with you. And also the cork idea, uh, different ways that you can put cork on there. That might end up being, you know, a fun wall and a way to kind of put a, keep a little bit of that cold air out of there as well. well. Well, Trish, thanks so much for being with us here on today's Homeowner Radio. And I hope you have a great weekend. Well, thank you. You do the same. I look forward to seeing your next episode. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hey, you're right, listening you. to today's Homeowner Radio. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back with the In the Isles segment with our buddy Danny Watson. Welcome back to today's Homeowner Radio. Here are Danny and Joe. Yeah, welcome back, everybody. And it's time to go in the aisles of the Home Depot with our friend Danny Watson. Danny, uh, spring's always such an exciting time for everybody. And I don't know about you, but I get so much gratification out of decluttering and organizing, you know, the house. But people think of that as a, an all-day thing that they have to do. But what can you do? Let's just take time limits and see, maybe make some recommendations on what someone can get get done in, let's say, 10 minutes. What can they get done around their house? So, Danny, I know a lot of people are on the go, and they don't have a ton of time sometimes for projects like this. But just 10 minutes, that's plenty of time still to get some small projects done, like decluttering, you know, wiping down those high-traffic areas, counters, kitchen, bathroom. You know, pick up some products if you head to the cleaning aisle at Home Depot, Ecolab 32-ounce hardwood and laminate floor cleaner. It's an excellent choice to wipe those surfaces down, and, hey, you're going to feel great. It's going to smell good, and the place is going to be cleaner. I actually used some of their neutral floor cleaner recently that's a kind of cool um, Ecolabs one gallon. It, it, it really turned out well, and uh, uh, neutral floor cleaner is very important when you're dealing with stone and some of the other surfaces like that. Okay, you got 30 minutes. What can you do? Well, you can dig a little bit deeper in those kitchen and bathrooms, pick up some Harris 30% all-purpose cleaning vinegar concentrate. You mix that up, wipe down. It comes in citrus and lavender scents. It's going to clean those surfaces and disinfect, scrub the toilets, those bathrooms, pick up again some of that Ecolab foaming shower tub tile cleaner. What I love about that is you can spray that, work on another project, come back, and it's ready to wipe down. It's nice and clean. Yeah, that's the way a lot of these cleaning products just make it a little easier to do all of these chores that might not be the favorite things on your list. Okay, I've got an hour. What can I do in an hour? Well, grab those HDX totes and you can get things all placed and put away. I don't know if you're like me, but I still have a little bit of Christmas stuff that didn't quite get put away. <laughs> you can pack those away, get those organized, especially in that garage. And I'll tell you what else. I've had great luck with that 30-second spray-and-walk cleaner. What I love about that, I have to tell you, I have a north-facing house, and I'm always dealing with mold on the front steps. Mm -hmm. I spray that down. I let it sit a little bit, and you can actually watch the mold come off in front of your eyes. And I'll grab a water hose and hose that down. And what I love about that, too, Danny, it doesn't hurt my lawn or my plants around the front door. 
Yeah, matter of fact, I, I, I used that recently, too. Matter of fact, everybody is talking about that and how effective it is on cleaning uh, some of the walkways that I have around the house there, both masonry and wood, and so it really does make a, a, a big difference. Okay, if you're really ambitious and you're dedicating, all right, I'm spending all day long making my house less clutter and a little more organized. What can you do in a day? Well, then you can get into those showers and, and clean the you know, the tile, the oven walls, pick up the pink stuff, all-purpose cleaning paste, or the cream cleaner. Now, that's a little bit for, for deep cleaning, but that's really going to do the job. Clean those floors, clean those tubs. Also, you know, if you don't have a good uh, mop bucket system, O-Cedar has some of the best. You can pick that up on the cleaning aisle as well. Yeah, I saw a nice end cap with a with a stack of those up just the other day. So it's always great to be with you, Danny Watson, in the aisles of Home Depot. A lot of ways that you can make your house a little uh, less cluttered and a little more organized by dropping in at the Home Depot. And you can find out more at homedepot.com. Thanks so much, Danny. Thank you for having me on. Hey, let's get to some emails here. This came in from Martin in uh, Minnesota. We have an IKEA storage cabinet that has a European-style cup hinges. The cabinet doors are made of particle board covered in wood veneer. There are three hinges that have broken free from the doors, and there's no way to tighten up the screws because the particle board is cracked and crumbly. I can't find replacement doors. Is there any way to fix them so that I can reattach the hinges? Well, particle board has certainly a, a bad name, and there's a lot of different levels of particle board, but it's a good product if it's used in the right way. But when you, you know, you really rely on the grain of wood, real wood, to hold things. So particle board being, you know, sawdust and glue, uh, you don't have graining necessarily. So what would you suggest on this, Joe? Will we Break yeah. out the old uh, automobile um, bondo or... Uh, I was just thinking what, the same thing, yeah, yeah. You think that'd be the best way to yeah, do it? I guess if he's going to try to patch it, we don't have a photograph here, so I don't know how badly this door has crumbled. On And the other problem is these are tiny screws, right? They're just hinge screws going into probably five-eighth-inch thick particle boards. There's not much to bite into. So you could remove the, the hinges, fill the whole area with bondo, then drill out a new cup hole for the hinge and and try that. Or um, they do make, because this is such a common problem with particle board cabinets, they do make, generically, it's just called a hinge replacement kit. And it's just a steel plate that's maybe like three and a half, four inches wide, and it has a hole already in it for the cup hinge. So you just screw that to the door, and then you screw the hinge to this steel plate. And the plate's big enough that it will cover most of the damage there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You, you, you know, the other thing I always like to do in a situation like this where it's a possibility that it could happen again is uh, um, once you get it all set up and know exactly the placement of that hinge, Right. hey, go ahead and break out um, some epoxy glue and put that on the back uh, because epoxy works, most glues work very well when you have a surface to another surface, you know, that doesn't right. have a lot of grain. Putting that in conjunction with the screws, let it dry a little bit, doesn't take long. Hey, when we come back, it's simple solution time. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Today's homeowner is brought to you by Fluid Master. Find out more at shop.fluidmaster.com. Okay, you've been waiting for it for almost an hour. Now is the time for incredible piece of information that is dispensed each week by my buddy Joe Troini. It's simple solution time. Okay, Joe, um, I, I, I didn't have a drum roll. If I if I didn't have a drum, if I'd have had, a, you know, the drum, I would okay. have given you that. But uh, 
I'll, I'll have that next time. Okay. All right. Well, thanks, Daddy. <laughs> yeah, here, here's how to uh, – next time you need to trim a tree branches, a really easy way to do that with a reciprocating saw. Sometimes most people know it as a recip saw. And it's a pretty aggressive cutting woodworking tools for demolition, and it's a, it, it's a great tool for all kinds of cutting almost any material. But what most people don't realize is you can actually buy – they do make pruning blades. They make blades for a reciprocating saw specifically for pruning tree branches. It's a very aggressive cutting blade. I think it's only it's usually like five or six teeth per inch. And it's about nine inches long. If you're going to use a reciprocating saw, be sure to get the pruning blade. And it goes right through, whether it's a damaged branch, a live branch, a dead branch, it doesn't matter. Um, makes very quick work. You know, you don't need to pull out a chainsaw or anything quite as aggressive as that. So next time you need to trim a tree branch, try your reciprocating saw with a pruning blade. There you go. And I'll, I'll tell you what makes that really nice. If you do, you know, most likely when you're pruning, you're up on a ladder, you got to be really careful because you, yep. you know, you, it's just so tempting to just reach out there a little bit with this active, aggressive saw in your hand. Yeah. And that's never a good idea. So be careful when you're on the ladder. But when you're choosing those blades, that's a very valid thing because, you know, recently we were doing, um, you know, removing a good bit of uh, cabinetry and so forth. Right. And uh, my producer had found a demo blade. Right, so yeah. just a demo blade, which is similar to the pruning blade. It's more aggressive. I could not believe it. I mean, I we it it was like cutting through butter. I mean, it was so easy to to cut through all of that, and then using it uh, for a pruning. Again, if you have the the cordless recip saw, uh, makes it so much easier uh, to reach out there and get those. And and now is not a bad time. Again, I'd go to todayshomeowner.com and and put in pruning tips, and you'll see some a uh, lot of advice on when, how, and where to prune right. because yeah. people get out there and they get ambitious and then they look back and go, oh, I probably could have done a better job on that. <laughs> that, that, that tree uh, looks like it just had a tornado hit it. But, uh, so, you know, you got to <laughs> well, be sometimes careful. Sometimes the yeah. tree did. Yeah. yeah. That's why I live in Connecticut. So at the end of winter comes spring, you look out and you, there's so many tree branches that are damaged from oh, snow so. and wind. Yeah. And, you know, so this is often a time, it's not the probably the best time to trim a branch if you're just trimming, um, pruning trees, but it's the best time, you know, before they get leafed out to get rid of all those damaged branches. Mm -hmm. Good time of the year to do that. Hey, um, we want to remind you what you can see on the Today's Homeowner Television Show this weekend. It's episode number 1050 called The Front Porch Update, a very popular show that we aired a few months ago that we wanted to bring back and give you another opportunity to take a look at it. We're kind of out in the country a little bit at a wonderful little horse farm. Uh, there were some really cool people that uh, loved their house, and but they didn't love their front porch. They had a lot of damaged handrails and spindles. They weren't quite sure how to approach it because the wood was slightly different size than what you could find at the home center. We showed them how you could modify some stock lumber and make it pressure-treated wood where they won't have to do it again. Another thing, we uh, showed them how to, um, they were having a lot of trouble with paint sticking to their front porch. We solved that problem with the proper preparation that we showed them. And also, they needed a little dry, a little, little um, sidewalk. Instead of just pouring a traditional sidewalk, we used the walk maker forms from QuickCrete. If you haven't seen this, it is so cool. You, know, you can find it uh, right now at quickcrete.com slash walkmaker, or you can go to todayshomeowner.com and see several different projects that we've done over the years where we've used walkmaker. It really does work very, very well. And, uh, of course, uh, you can also see me in my cowboy hat riding off in the sunset. In spite of that, watch the episode. Anyway. Yeah, in spite of that, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, you won't learn any uh, 
as, uh, you know, any horse trick. So <laughs> when you, when you watch I that, want to see was, you with a lasso. Yeah, yeah, that would be another show there. <laughs> hey, that pretty much wraps up the first hour of today's Homewater Radio. So glad you were able to spend some time with us and hope you'll come back soon. I'm Danny Lifford, along with my buddy Joe Truini.